Hey, well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mike. I'm part of Two Guys and a Mike. Joined here with Logan and Brian being the other two guys, big sports junkies here. Uh, news this week in our new podcast here for this week, uh, we updated our social media accounts. So make it now simple and easy for you to follow us and connect with us as we're always looking for an audience and to connect with our listening audience to know who's out there, what they're thinking, what we're thinking, drink suggestions, all of the above. You can now find us at Two Guys and a Mike on both Facebook and Twitter. Once again, that's at Two Guys and a Mike. Look for us in the details in the description below for the correct spelling of if you don't know how to get at Two Guys and a Mike. Uh, once again, we're both on Facebook and Twitter, always looking for your opinions, comments, suggestions. We want to hear from you, so stop by and check it out. Drop us a comment. So first thing first thing in our podcast, like we always like to kick it off. Uh, Brian, what are you drinking for this podcast episode? I've uh, pulled out a Bud Light Platinum for tonight. Looking for something a little bit more uh, higher alcohol content. A little more girthy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I enjoy a good Bud Light, but I figured I'd uh, you know step it up a little bit. It's got a nice shiny bottle. Gotta love it. Good cobalt blue. Hey, Logan, what do you got for us? Well, I'm I'm channeling both of you guys today. So, uh, and Brian is a big fan of the Moscow Mule. And Mike, you are a fan of anything Mexican, so I have a Mexican mule, a little tequila, a little ginger beer. You know, I was totally Very planning nice. on doing that today, but I just did not have the time to to get the supplies and make it happen. So I'm a little I'm bit say you just kind of mix them together. Mix them together. Yeah, just a little, little pour, pour. All good. I was gonna get yeah, I was gonna get the Mexican Mexican mule go for this episode, but like I said, didn't have time. Anyways, but um. I got. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Um, I got this really nice uh, Belgian beer. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't. I don't know if they've heard of it or, or know of it, but it's a uh, a Budweiser. I'm drinking a Budweiser. Yeah, just classic, classic Belgium Budweiser. Nothing more American than a good Budweiser. Let's talk about something real quick here, Mike. Bud. You used to be all about Miller. Still Miller. Am. I haven't seen you have a Miller in a long time. I haven't had a Miller in a long time, but it is my go-to quick, easygoing beer. Can never go wrong with it. I think you got to bring it back for next week. Eh, I don't know. Maybe we all go back to Miller. I may be going mixed drink because uh, the past couple runs I've been doing beers, so got to mix something different. Mm. Okay. But yeah, you guys didn't get my joke. It's a Belgium beer now. It's no longer American. How sad is that? For Budweiser, yeah, yeah. Yeah. clearly we clearly we're lacking Americans in this podcast. Uh, to let that go, that's don't of, get me started. That's, that's kind of a shame, right there. But, all right, night. let's let's get into the the nit and gritty of this podcast, talking about our NFL here. Uh, everyone's eyes were on the Miami Dolphins this week as Tua made his debut start under center. The Dolphins' defense and special teams upset the Rams twenty-eight to seventeen. That's right. The defense and the special teams dominated the Rams, putting up 14 points and caused two additional turnovers, which led to another 14 points. Tua making his debut went 12 for 22 for only 93 yards and one touchdown. With the Dolphins defense and special teams managing the game, we'll just have to wait and see how Tua progresses. But how good do you think the rebuilding Dolphins are going or doing or going to do and do have they shot at making the playoff run this year? Uh, obviously we know this is Logan's team, 
But let's pass it off to Brian here. Good choice. I think they're doing way better than anybody could have expected. Um, If we go back and listen to the uh, season projections, I think I was pretty harsh on the Dolphins' chances. Um, I'm pretty sure I picked them to be third in the division behind New England. But, I mean, they've played good football. They've been in almost every game, kept keeping it close. I think, as Logan mentioned in previous episodes, the defense – you know, maybe didn't get enough credit coming into the season. And I think once we get into uh, this, this past game against the Rams, I mean, I think the defense was a integral part of them coming out with a victory. Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell whether or not, you know, this victory this past week for the dolphins was really centered around Tua or the special teams and the defensive performances, 12 for 22, 93 yards and a touchdown not anything overly impressive, but a win's a win, right? So um, just looking through the standings of the AFC, so they're currently in the, what, eighth or ninth spot? I think at the eighth spot um, in the AFC. Cleveland is above them. They're falling. I I think Miami could make a real run for that seventh spot now that they've expanded the playoffs. But, uh, Logan, how are you feeling about your uh, home team there? You know, the Dolphins are winners of uh, three in a row, four out of the last five, nine out of the last 16. I give them a 100% chance on being a legitimate playoff contender. I'm not saying they're going to be in the playoffs, but with the expanded format, they got a real good shot. Um, the, the defense is legit. You know, Byron Jones returned uh, week five. You know, the Dolphins have been lights out since then. In that span, they've they've kept teams to 11 fewer points per game. They've got eight takeaways, 10 sacks, 13 uh, three-and-out possessions. And with the, the, the production this week, they're the number one scoring defense in the NFL. They are top-of-the-line defense. Our special teams is solid. They committed the f- third-fewest per- uh, penalties. They have the fourth-fewest uh, penalty yards against. Uh, you know, our wide receiver, Jakeem Grant, you know, he's the only guy to return a punt for a touchdown this season. Our, our punter, Matt Hawk, has uh, ninth in, in net punting yards and fourth with uh, 15 pins inside the 20. So th- they're solid. They're doing what they need to do. Uh, and the question is the offense. Um, I do believe Tua gives the Dolphins the better chance. He is the superior quarterback. I know his numbers weren't great, but I think that was more of the game script and flow of the game. Uh, the defense did all the heavy lifting, too. It didn't have to throw it a whole bunch. Uh, there were a couple big drops, I think three really big drops, that really could have gone for additional first downs. And I think that the game plan just kind of favored him not doing too much, kind of protecting him, uh, and just kind of run the ball, hold on to the lead, uh, you know, he did throw his first touchdown pass. Uh, NFL Next Gen Stats had a great thing where they uh, they showed that it's the smallest window on a touchdown this NFL season. The, the defender was only like .28 yards behind Parker. Um, so it's kind of an interesting stat. So he, he can throw the ball. He can get it in there. We'll see. If he's, if he's anything close to what he was in Alabama, the Dolphins will make the playoffs. All right, let's be real here. It's 2020. Granted, anything can be possible. Dolphins 
making the playoffs. I would have bought into it if it was under Fitzpatrick. However, it's not. They're going with Tua. Now, granted, this game, he didn't really have to do much. The the defense and special teams kind of ran the show, and there was nothing really he needed to do to seal the deal in this game. Um, I think going forward with Tua as a starter, I think, especially from what we saw so short in this game, I think eventually he's going to get caught staring down his receivers. He's going to get some interceptions. He's going to get a lot of major turnovers. And I think that's going to cost them games going forward. They're going to lose games because of that. Granted, this week, under start, didn't see it, didn't need to. I'm just predicting that now going forward, uh, especially with some of these games coming up. I think he's going to get caught. And how, how, Why do you think he's going to be caught staring down? This guy was an elite college quarterback, like one of the top of this again, generation. Again, we're talking about from college going to the pros. Um, the the pace of the college game isn't anywhere near the pace of the NFL. But we've seen uh, guys like Burrow and and uh, and Herbert see success. That that's translated from college. Burrow was was also the number one sacked quarterback in the league this year. Um, I don't know where he's yeah, ranking he's, with that statistic well, now. He's but. right up there with uh, Cincinnati in that same area. So who knows? Maybe Tua then takes over that that spot. But no, the, the Dolphins line is way better than the, the Cincinnati line. And that, maybe, that Dolphins maybe. team is way better than, than Cincinnati as a whole. But again, I think as a team, because it's not just one person that wins it for the team. We're talking a team. I don't think two is going to do it for you this year, the remainder of this year. If it was Fitzpatrick, better ship. He doesn't have to do story. it. Do you, do you really think that Fitzpatrick is the better quarterback? Take statistics out of it. It's hard to say because he's only played one game and he didn't put he didn't put right. much. So up. you got to you got to take statistics out of it. You really think that Tua is better than a journeyman quarterback? Now Fitzpatrick's been playing out of his mind, but he's also had turnover issues his entire career. And if you think that Tua's going to give up interceptions and fumbles, Fitzpatrick is only guaranteed to have that happen eventually. Right, but I, what I'm saying is I think Tua eventually gets caught doing that. Um, in this past game, he was only throwing short five-yard passes, six-yard passes. You know, uh, He had a couple. He had a big bomb in there that he threw that was overthrown, but, I mean, uh, he, didn't, whole he, deb- he didn't have to throw. They, they this, ran the ball. This whole debate is being based off one game. I don't think we know anything near enough about how he's going to play, what kind of play style he's going to have. Is he going to be more of a Lamar Jackson, run first, throw second type of quarterback? Is he going to be something closer to a Russell Wilson who has the arm but will tuck it and run if he has to in safe situations? To say that he's going to be great or terrible based on this one game, which he played mediocre at best, let's not say that he did amazing. No, no. Threw for 92 yards, okay? Yeah, exactly. There's something to go. One touch charge, pass for six yards. But, But let's give him some time. And let's talk about the last thing that's on this rundown is their schedule coming up, you know, playing the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. I think four of those six are easy games that they can win. Absolutely. Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals. I think they win those four. I think, And I think the Cardinals is closer than it is right. out of hand. That one's a toss-up. And, of course, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. So I think we're getting into a very deep dive based on 22 passes, 23 if you count the one from the week before, 
he needs more time. And, you know, there's still an argument about quarterbacks in their first year. You don't know what you're going to get, and defenses don't know how they're going to play. So because they get nothing um, to go on exactly, especially for right. Defense. So and and they no. protected him last game. They didn't let him g- right. like have the full playbook. There was never like oh a, for sure for sure. So it, it's you know let's give them you know the the best part about them starting him this early is you're going to get a good body of work to judge him. You know going into next season. So let's I give them some that's time. Part of their plan too is right. So more to come on this subject for sure. As again, we're clearly going to be watching the Mighty Dolphins and especially Tua. So, all right, let's go on to our next game. We got the Vikings going 28-22 victory over the Packers. was among Sunday's strangest. Uh, we got running back Dalvin Cook returned from a growing injury. Cook handled a full workload and racked up 226 total yards and scored four touchdowns. And uncharacteristically, the Vikings defense was able to keep Rodgers and the Packers in check during the second half. The Vikings are still in last place in the NFC North, but can they still make the playoffs? Uh, Logan, let's just go to you this time. Yeah, they're they're two and five, and if the season ended today, the NFC wildcard teams would be the five and two Cardinals, the five and two Saints, and the five and three Rams. Uh, you know, being down so far, the Vikings really only have a shot at that last wildcard spot held by the Rams. And looking at their schedules for the next five weeks, the Rams have a tough schedule. They're facing Seattle, Tampa, San Francisco. And the Cardinals, um, all of these are winning teams. The Rams will probably lose most of these games, to be honest, with the exception of the, the depleted 49ers game. And if, if Garoppolo was, was healthy and, and Kelsey was healthy, I'm not sure that they win that game either. They could have easily lost all these games. Um, now, the Vikings, they only have to play one team that's got a winning record, the Bears. And I'm not convinced the Bears are as good as their record. So, realistically, these teams could both go four and one, or the 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 Vikings could go four and one, and, and the the Rams could go one and four. So by week thirteen, these teams are both six and six. You know, and, and a lot has to be said about momentum. The Vikings will be riding high with some of that momentum. The the Rams will kind of be puttering along, wondering what's going on with the expanded playoffs this year. The, the Vikings might actually make the playoffs. That's for a two and five start. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm just looking at the the standings. I mean, right now they're you know tied with Washington. At, you know, at twelve, Washington has a tiebreaker over them um, based on the win and conference games. But you know, above them, it's Washington, Carolina, Detroit, San Francisco, Chicago, um, and then they get into the conversation of the six seven seed between Arizona and L A. Um, you know, the Rams and Cardinals are going to have a harder strength of schedule moving forward. The Vikings, uh, you know, if I can just look at their schedule real quick, you know, they're playing the Lions, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Jaguars. That's their next five. Tell me they can't go 5-0 and in those next five games. That's him going 4-1. So my, my biggest more problem... More than likely. My biggest problem with the Vikings is they just... They, they not, they're not consistent. Their game is not consistent. And I, this last game, it was just shocking... You know that they came in there and was you know able to control the game and, and beat them, um, but you know I know we're talking about this later. But where's the consistency? And and the Vikings, I just I don't see it yet. You're right. De- I mean, defense or offense. Yeah, and that's their biggest knock is they've been tr- tr- uh, traditionally a very strong defensive team, and their defense has really let them down. So to see their defense kind of step up, maybe they've put it together and figured it out. You know who knows. We'll have to wait and see. 
All right, so going on to Seattle, Seattle bouncing back from their overtime loss last week, beating the San Francisco 49ers 37-27. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers were unable to exploit the injured Seahawks and their league-worst pass defense. Garoppolo was 11-16, for 16, passing for only 84 yards before leaving the game in the second half with an ankle injury. Nick Mullins came in to relieve Garoppolo and went 18-25 for 25 for 238 yards and two touchdowns. One could wonder if the Niners have had a better chance to win this game with Mullins. Do the 49ers need a change at quarterback? Logan, what do you got for us? Yeah, and Garoppolo was just announced today to be going to miss several weeks and potentially undergo surgery. So I think the the real question is kind of looking ahead to, to next season. You know, is Garoppolo their guy or or do they need a change? And you know, with the trade deadline coming and going today, it seems that San Francisco's kind of made their decision. They're going to wait and see how he recovers. But I think that, you know, I think they'll be fine sticking with Garoppolo next season. Uh, obviously, they've had success. They've won a lot of games. He's 22-8 and eight as a starter in the regular season. But they've got to be looking at who's available and see if they can get an upgrade. Um, kind of like you talked about a second ago, like – for long-term success in the NFL, you need consistency, and especially at that that quarterback position is where you really need that. Uh, and the only thing that Garoppolo has done is consistently miss games this season, and even you know 2018, he missed a majority of the season due to an ACL injury. Uh, high ankle sprains are one of those things that, that kind of linger, and you know he probably won't be very effective the rest of this year. Uh, so you'll get a chance to see Nick Mullins and see how he does. But the real thing is Garoppolo's contract. Um, he's set to make $25.5 million next year and $25.6 million in 22, but none of that money is guaranteed. So if they're going to bail on him, it makes it pretty easy since that money is not guaranteed. And, and maybe you see a guy you know, who's got connections to Kyle Shanahan with you know Matt Ryan, who's, who's probably going to be off Atlanta next season. Maybe he's a fit there. Maybe um, there's a lot of talk about North Dakota State's uh, Trey Lance as a good fit for a Kyle Shanahan-style offense. So maybe they do look at, at either drafting somebody young if they get a high enough spot or or moving on to a veteran like Matt Ryan. I would just like to say, I'll be short on this one, I think for sure another quarterback needs to come in there. There needs to be a fire under Garoppolo's ass in, in order to, to make something produce and get some numbers. So I think if you bring in another quarterback, or if even if Mullins is able to do it himself, um, knowing that Garoppolo is going to be out the rest of the season, as this is kind of like his uh, time to prove himself, um, a good quarterback uh, challenge would be good for him, uh, good for the team as well to find out you know who's their guy going forward for sure. Yeah, the 49ers are a weird team this year, right? I mean, they can't decide whether or not they want to be good. Um, you know, Garoppolo, I feel like he really is Alex Smith incarnate for the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the guy who comes in shows a lot of promise. And I'm, I, I've always been high on Alex Smith. I thought he was done pretty dirty um, over his career by the you know both the Niners and the Chiefs. Um, but, you know... Garoppolo was supposed to be the savior, right? I mean, sitting behind Brady, gets traded, you know, has a great season, takes the team to the Super Bowl. Um, but he had a lot of help. Um, one of the best defenses in the league that year, great running backs, great receivers, probably the best tight end in the league, arguably. Um, you know, Kelsey versus, you know, Kittle, you know, you can have that argument. But 
if if this was buy or sell, you know, I'd be selling on Garoppolo at this point. I think he might be. Uh, I agree with Logan, you know, and and you, Mike, as well. Get some fresh blood in there. Maybe Matt Ryan's the answer. I just I don't see Garoppolo at this point being that elite level quarterback um, that maybe they thought he was going to be for them. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Right? They came into the twenty twenty season in relatively uncharted territory. The first time. Since 2012 and 2013, the Steelers had missed the postseason in back-to-back seasons. After winning just eight games last season, the Steelers have bounced back and are a perfect 7-0 and this season and are the last remaining undefeated team. Uh, also with last week's win, the Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin won his 140th game, surpassing Tony Dungy for the most wins by a black head coach in the NFL history. Uh, can the Steelers run the table and finish undefeated? Should the 72 Dolphins be worried? Uh, Brian, what do you got for us? I, I don't know if they go undefeated. Um, you know, they have, you know, looking at their schedule, it's possible. But they have three, four games. Um, you know, they play Baltimore again on Sunday Night Football. Um they actually play the Bills on Sunday Night Football. Not that the Bills have been overly impressive the last few weeks. Still um, a tough team to play. A, right, yeah. It's in Buffalo in December. To be honest with you, I don't even is, – is, everyone wants to go undefeated. You know, last time we saw it were the, was the Patriots, and then they end up losing in the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, I would say the odds are probably stacked against them to go undefeated. Um but I think that they're my new favorite in the AFC, even over Kansas City, which I know is a crazy thing to say. They've just been playing really good football, and you can't underestimate Big Ben, comeback player of the year, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he's just a winner, he, though. Right, and that's the thing. You have a great coach, great quarterback, defense is playing well. The offense has come around and been way more explosive than anybody thought they were going to be this year. Um, and, you know, 72 Dolphins, I, I could care less what they're worried about. So, <laughs> Wow. All right. I guess I'll hop in here. Well, that's all you guys got, right? So I'll let you keep it for now. Uh, for now. Right. You guys win a Super Bowl, then somebody can knock you off your pedestal. But if that's the only thing I have to hear from you guys for the next decade, I'm okay with it. We'll, we'll see how that decade turns out now. Yeah. Well. But uh, I'm, I'm going to start by saying that I think Mike Tomlin is probably one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. Absolutely. And, may, and maybe that's you know me underrating him as a coach, but he's won over 65% of his games as a head coach. He's the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl. I mean, as of Today, he's the third winningest coach in the NFL behind only Bill Belichick and that dynasty team and Andy Reid, who's been a winner his entire career. You know, and, and I don't think I've ever really sat down and given Tomlin his, his dues as a as a coach. This guy, he's he's a tough coach too. He's he's not a a soft guy. He's he's young and he's tough, and you don't usually see that combination. Um but moving on to the, the Steelers as a team, like you said, Brian, they've got a real shot at going undefeated with only facing the three teams that have winning records this this season, uh, for the reigning games, the Bills, the Colts, and, and then the second round with the, with the Ravens. 
you know, like you said, the Steelers are just, they're flat out better than the Colts. The Bills have been shaky, so I give the edge to Pittsburgh. But mm-hmm. for me, it's that match up week 12 against the Ravens, that rematch. It's, it's just so hard to beat a good team twice in one season. And the Ravens are really a team that's kind of looking for a decisive win over a, a top opponent. They've, you know, since Lamar Jackson's been there, they've really not had that decisive win over the last three years. Uh, you know, and, and plus, the Ravens outgained the Steelers 457 to 221 yards last game. They ran for a whopping 265 yards. You know, it, it, Pittsburgh had to rely on big defensive plays, being able to sack Lamar Jackson four times, forcing four turnovers, and they still only won by four points. So to me, it's it's going to be hard next uh, that next matchup with the Ravens, and then they're really going to be coming for blood. So, And then even if they go undefeated, they're still going to have to go up against the Chiefs in the playoffs, most likely. I mean, anything can happen, but... Uh, we expect the Chiefs to be there, and I just can't put the Steelers over the Chiefs right now. Maybe I'm wrong, and, and the Steelers are the better team, but I just I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah, I think I, you know, every year the, with every undefeated team, I know the '72 Dolphins topic always comes up. Uh, it's kind of a you know a broken record at this point, but I think and I'll eventually. Who knows? Maybe this year I eat my own words, but um, and never say never, as they say. But I think in this day and age in the league, I can't see this record being shattered in any amount of time. Like I just, I just don't I see it happening. Um, and I thought for sure Baltimore at Baltimore was going to beat the Steelers. Lamar Jackson, I don't, I don't know what happened. He did not look like himself. Um, you know, created turnovers, interceptions, Steelers ran wild with it. Um, I think for sure after taking the beating to Baltimore, they're going to show up next time in Pittsburgh. Um, but we'll wait and see what happens, but the Steelers very well could very manageably make it happen this year. I don't see them again, beating the chiefs. I, I don't see that happening, but, um, very well possible. Very well possible. So let me, let me pose a question to you guys. Do you think this is the best Steelers team that Big Ben's ever had? Mm. As an all-around team? I'm going to say no, just for the fact of I've always liked uh, Palomalo. Right. I was going to say, I don't know if the defense is as as an elite defense as they were back in the 2000s and... To also, be honest with you, I think part of the part of the reason they're seven and zero, I think, is because of their strength schedule this year. Yeah, I do think that they're. You guys are probably right. Um, you got to remember his first season; he went fifteen and one, and he's won twelve games or more at least five other times. Um, he's won two Super Bowls, and this is probably the most balanced team he's had since he's not you know bombing it everywhere. But I, I tend to agree. This is probably not the best team, but this is. Maybe the most balanced team they've ever had. I think also, I mean, um, he just looks more relaxed out there throwing the ball. Right. It's not and, all on his shoulders. Exactly. And I think, I don't know if anything happened with the offensive line, if that changed to make it better. Uh, I mean, I haven't looked that far into it, but um, definitely there's an attitude change. And, um, you know, he's being consistent with this throwing. So all the power to him. Yeah. I think he hasn't had to throw as much either, which is, 
you know, allows the team to, you know, get into a better rhythm. Right. So, all right. So the, uh, Again, talking about 2020, the first half of the 2020 NFL season has been interesting to say the least. We have seen some overachieving teams start out hot and are now starting to cool off. We have seen some 2019 powerhouses struggle to maintain their dominance. Going into the second half of the season, which of the top teams can't be trusted to finish strong? Uh, Brian, what do you got for us? Yeah, I think there's a few teams, some of them we've talked about before, that, you know, had great records the past few weeks who have obviously not, you know, li- been living up to their, their you know, win-loss record. But uh, I would, a, cu- a couple of names, a few, to, a couple to mention, sorry. Um, the Browns, the Bears, and I'm going to say the, the Cardinals. Um they are all either five and two or five and three. I think the Browns are on a crash course for another losing season. I don't know what's going on with them. OBJ's out now, so I mean, they're in, they are injury, you know, prone. Chubb's out. OBJ, OBJ, um, and then the Bears were the team who I've kind of been, you know, shitting on the last few weeks. I think their true colors are starting to show, but there's a bunch of. You know, teams from last year who are doing well, the Chiefs, the Ravens, um, the Saints, Bucks, um, the Rams, I, I think that they're all, they have a pretty decent shot of, you know, maintaining their dominance. But a couple of those teams are really starting to show their weaknesses as the season goes on. Um, and I think we'll see them start to kind of even out and get closer to that eight and eight mark as opposed to anything dominant. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I yeah. Think- I mean, th- there's there's a lot of teams that are five and two right now, and I I think that's gonna that's gonna break apart. Um, cards are gonna break apart. Uh, S- Saints, I don't know if they get better. I honestly don't think they get better. Um, the Bucks, I don't know what's going on with the Bucks, but it's like one week they show up, the next week they don't. Uh, there again, there's no consistency. Their record says they're six and two. Uh, they barely beat the Giants. What happened in that game? Um, like Bucks for sure. I I would say would be my number one team at six and two. Is a top team contender that is not, maybe not going to finish strong because they're just not consistent. Record record says they're six and two, but if you watch their games, they're not consistent. They're not they're not showing up. They're getting wins. I don't know if that if that goes forward or not. Yeah, I, I mean, you like you would like to have seen them play a little bit better against the Giants on Monday Night Football, right? But I would have thought they, they would have the numbers. Yeah, sometimes they just look past teams, though, especially like the Giants. You know, and Tom Brady's he's he's older. He's going to be a little inconsistent, but I, I'm not worried about them. I think they're they're probably going to win their division, like Brian predicted at the beginning of the season. I didn't didn't see that, but. I think they probably will. Cause, yeah, because the Saints are doing that great. Right. The Saints are one of those powerhouses from last year who are, you know, one referee call away from, from being a different place. And they're just – they're not as strong as they were. The You know, the, the Ravens are another team that's been a, a top team that's just – they've kind of been disappointing to me. They're 5-2, they're and two, but they've been disappointing. Um but I think Brian kind of nailed my two teams, the Browns and the Bears. 
you know, while the Browns started out four and one, they're now five and three. You know, their five games they won were all against bad teams with you know losing records, and their three losses come against uh, you know winning teams with a sixteen and six record, and they lost those games by double digit points. Um, they still have Baker Mayfield, who I don't trust at all. He's not a good quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, they just you, lost. You love to hate on him, which I which I, I can't get. But go ahead. He he's he's fool's gold. He, when he when the team does well, it's not because of him. It's not because of him. Uh, you know, he has great commercials though. No, <laughs> I think the commercials. No, his like commercials are gar- garbage. <laughs> No. Oh come on! Oh, he's no. carrying all the groceries in, and the no. gates closed. Gold, no book club. <laughs> but uh, no, and, and to add to the the Browns' troubles here, they just lost their defensive superstar in Miles Garrett. You know he's going to miss some some games. He's got a both an ankle and a knee injury. He's getting an MRI this week. Who knows if he'll return? Uh-huh. Um, you know this. They've been outscored by thirty-one points, and and they have to face the Titans, the Ravens, and the Steelers in three of their last five games. If it comes down to the stretch and they're in the mix, they're not going to make it. They'll they'll crumble. So, and, and like Brian said, the Bears are crashing back down. They are on a two-game losing streak. Um, they have horrible horrible rankings. They're ranked 29th in total offense, 28th in scoring, 24th in passing. Uh, their rushing t- attack is uh, 31st in the league. They they've really been carried by that defense, which is which have propelled them to that five and two record. And they've only managed to put up thirty points once this season. You know, looking ahead towards some of their schedule, they've got to face the Titans, the surging Vikings twice. They got to play Green Bay twice. They're not going to win any of those games. No. But if you're Chicago, who do you start at quarterback this week? Yeah, they don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Is it the three and O Mitch Trubisky? No. Three and No, him and Baker Mayfield are on the same level for me. The sad part is eventually they're going to have to turn to him. Dick Foles is is going to get too old and get out. I mean, maybe, but they're not going to win. So, all right. So going on to our pick'em recap from last week. Uh, I did horrible this week for once. I'm uh, going a whopping seven and seven. Uh, and Logan. Once. Well, for losing for once. I've won the past three weeks. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Just show now, you're the, tied you know, for the, now you're tied for the worst record with me. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, we got we to gotta, oh, yeah, figure out the overall scores here. I can't. I'm just going by week, week basis here. All right. Well, so we, I got Brian's got a two-game lead. Me and you are, are tied at the bottom. Okay. So, and I'm Brian and Logan this week going nine for five. Um, so... Upcoming week, we differed on three different games. We got the Broncos at the Falcons, and Brian only one picking the Broncos. Uh, Logan and I going with the uh, Falcons here. Brian, what uh, what do you want to say to support your Broncos here? I just it's more so I couldn't come to the the conclusion that the Falcons would win a game, and I don't know if it's because of the you know recent troubles they've had holding a league a lead you know Todd Gurley tries not to score falls down still scores a touchdown I just there's something about the Falcons I just couldn't pick them I don't feel very confident about the Broncos either but I figured 
Um, you know, home against Atlanta, you guys are probably go- both going to take the Falcons. So I'm trying to get one up on you guys. So we'll see if it works out. Yeah, I kind of felt the exact same way about the Falcons um, you, as you felt about the the Broncos. I just don't trust the Broncos. Yeah, um, the Falcons put up points. So if you put up points, you got a chance to win. I give up too many points though, too. That is true. Problem. And our second game that we differed on, we have the Texans at the Jaguars, and Brian and Logan picking the Texans. I'm the only solo one picking the Jaguars. So earlier in the season, I was you know going after the Jaguars, and um, after the one of the first wins that they had this season, they looked pretty good, and then they bombed pretty nah. fast. <laughs> Uh, this game was a tough one, and the Texans. I'm not. I'm not impressed with either team, either the Texans or the Jaguars. Uh, but I'm looking the Jaguars to turn around. I, I think they get another win at home. Texans. Why not Jaguars? And yeah, that's one of those games that could go either way. But I think the Texans are probably the better team, better like, quarterback, likely. So. Right. Who knows if Minshew's even going to start? Uh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, so, they're, they're talking about potentially benching him. I don't blame him at this point because the way how he's been playing, not living up to anything he did last year. I heard Byron Leftwich is going to leave the Bucks and go back and start. Yeah. No. <laughs> why not at this point? Uh, why not, yeah. All right, and our third and final game that we differed on, we got the Dolphins at the Cardinals. Logan, once again, standing true with the Dolphins. Uh, Brian and I sticking with the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Logan, this the smart money is probably on the Cardinals uh, at home versus the Dolphins, but uh, kind of like we talked about, there's not a lot of film on Tua. That defense is strong. The Cardinals aren't the greatest team. This game is probably closer than you would imagine in terms of projections. Um, I'm going to say the Dolphins are riding high and Tua breaks out and I'm a homer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. Cardinals two picks against Tua. Two interceptions. Two picks. Two two interceptions. Cardinals get two interceptions. Off of Tua. Are we gonna put some action on that? Uh, No, this is podcast and gambling's illegal. I mean, can a guy buy another guy a beer? We can do that. All right. All right. So we'll see what happens. So that's that's what I'm sticking for for that game. Keep an eye on that game as we all are watching uh, 2-0 with the Dolphins. Look and see how he progresses going forward. So, fun little subject we got for this week. Who you got? Uh, this week we saw some spirited altercations in collegiate and professional football with a halftime brawl between Florida and Missouri and a Javon Wims sucker punch in the Bears Saint game. Who you got as the more entertaining fight? The Florida-Missouri girl or the Bears and Saints fight? Uh, Brian, why don't you take it for us? Well, for those who are not aware, and I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast before, but I am a proud University of Florida alumni. Homer. Uh, yep, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Gators, uh, Missouri brawl. You know, big hit on the quarterback. Um, at the end of the first half there on uh, Kyle Trask. Um, and I love the, the energy and the emotion. You know, you got kids who, not kids, but 18 to 21-year-old men um, maybe, you know, have a little bit uh, less tolerance for their anger level <laughs> at that point in their lives. And, uh, 
you know, you got both the entire team on both sides were at midfield. Um, there were some fists thrown to me. That's a little bit better than the, uh, the saints bears fight, um, that occurred. And I think there was a little bit more meaning behind, uh, the Florida, Missouri brawl. You know, nobody likes seeing their quarterback a hit like that. And I, I can relate playing football, um, in my high school days. Um, and then, the, you know, the funniest thing is Dan Mullen trying to fire the crowd up at the end of that, that clip. Um, he ends up getting fined like $25,000 for that. But, uh, you know, I'm taking the Gators, Missouri, uh, brawl. I want to be clear. We do not condone fighting on this podcast unless it's at a hockey game. Yeah. You got to get your anger out a little, you know, sometimes somehow, you know, come on. All right. I got I got to take whims, uh, sucker punch. Uh, that was an NHL style bare fist to the helmet, you know, twice. Uh, you know, then you got, uh, doesn't yeah. that make him look a little foolish? To, to, be, oh, to, be, to be fair, the second one looked like a slap, an open palmed f- face slap. Oh, I don't know. It was the first was one a was the first punch. one looked like a punch. The second one looked like a slap. I'm like, really? You know. And then you got Jenkins hopping on the back of uh, Wims like a little brother, and him getting flung off. You know, it's the, the Gator brawl was good. And the thing is, when the brawls get that big, you kind of lose some of the uh, the action there. Uh, so to me, this was in the middle. This was right in the middle of the game, you know. Just nice old sucker punch. Just kind of stick your finger in his face, and then bam. So I just had to laugh when I, and I didn't want this to be, you know, cut out of our segment because I thought it was it was a funny, it was a good funny topic to bring up in our podcast. But just how fucking stupid do you have to be? This isn't hockey. You're hitting a guy with a helmet on, barehandedly. That's why Hitting it's so entertaining. Hitting a guy with the helmet on. How stupid are you? If you're going to fight, fine. Have a fight. Do what they do in hockey. Take your pads off. Take the gloves off. Take the helmet off. And go at it like men. Hitting a guy with the helmet on. What? What? It, the helmets are designed for safety, people. And you want to fight this guy with the helmet on? Act like men. If you're going to fight, fine. Fight. Take the helmets off and make make it known. Make it happen. But this this crap of leaving the helmet on, leaving the pads on, f- fighting should be a disgrace in all their sports unless it's an actual like fighting or mixed martial arts or boxing. Leave the fighting to hockey. They know how to fight. They know how to make it count. This brawl stuff, this little sucker thing, no. Take off the helmet if it's going to happen. If you want to make if you want to see this happen in sports, you guys as players if you're going to fight Take off the gloves, take off the helmet, make it happen. That was the weakest thing I ever saw. Funny? Absolutely funny. Weakest and stupidest thing I've ever seen in terms of fighting outside of hockey. I, it doesn't even, be, to me, be, needs to be considered a fight or a brawl. Forget about it. That happened. So you're taking Florida? I'll take the I'll take no I'll take the Bear Saint ones just because it was funny just how that all unfolded and especially with the guy jumping on the guy's back it was it was oh he's, it was, he's it was idiot, comical it was comical it was but, fantastic to watch I cracked up but yeah let's just leave fighting for for the NHL they're the professionals here they have blood on the ice come on give it up guys don't fight you guys don't know how don't do it so anything more about this topic before I wrap it up. Nope, take us out to okay. this day in sports. <laughs> All right, in this day in sports history, we got 1996, Los Angeles Lakers superstar Kobe Bryant becomes then the youngest player to make his any or as, excuse me, NBA debut. 
18 years old, two months, 11 days, and 91-85 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Rest in peace to Black Mamba. Youngest NBA player at the time. It was a fantastic story at the time. I really thought it was great that we had that in there for today. One of the greatest of all yep. time. Rest sure. in peace. Fun to watch. Great player. IP. So, again, guys, for the audience, we're looking for your thoughts, your inputs. Connect with us, again, on social media pages. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We now made it all flow together at two guys and a mic. Make sure you get the link in the description, wherever your podcast, wherever you're listening to from. Again, we want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. Comments, suggestions, drinks. We want to connect with you, and then we're going to connect with you when we record this stuff. So let's make it happen. Make sure you hit us up on social medias, and we'll see you next week.